What does it take to be a top performing entrepreneur? Welcome to Inspiring Business Success, a podcast sponsored by Insperity, where we'll explore areas of entrepreneurial success and extraordinary professional performance. There is an abundance of good performers, but what about exceptional performance? This season, we will be exploring the defining characteristics of exceptional performers in business and in life. Inspiring Business Success is sponsored by Insperity. Insperity provides human resources solutions that make a difference in the success equation for the best small and medium-sized businesses. If you want to know more, go to insperity.com. Are you ready to reach new heights in your performance? Let's go to the studio now with Larry Schaefer, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Insperity, Dr. David Cook, author, speaker, and well-known sports psychologist, and Doug Tatum, author, professor, and entrepreneur. David and Doug, we've had uh, a lot of fun so far as we are exploring the three pillars of high performance. We have uh, dug deep into focus and passion, and now we're going to move into that third pillar, which is mental toughness. So David, why don't you give us a little intro to that concept? So mental toughness is not a DNA sort of thing you're born with. Mental toughness comes from choices. It comes from making great choices in the midst of competition, you know, especially on game day or whenever it matters the most. Um, Mental toughness comes from, there's five areas that mental toughness comes from. It comes from embracing the pressure. It comes from painting a masterpiece. It comes from practicing for the emergencies. It comes from trusting your talent. And it comes from perseverance. And each of those concepts we're going to cover over the, you know, the next few sessions here. And um, to me, it's just, it's fascinating. Mental toughness is the ability to handle adversity, distraction, interference in the midst of competition. It is what answers the question of what are you supposed to think 20 minutes before the um, trophy celebration. Mental toughness is a choice. You know, Mike Tyson made a great comment one time. He says, you know, game plans are great until you get hit in the face the first time. (laughs) And then a lot of people will throw them out. And I think that's just such a a great concept of we have to be prepared for the unexpected. And mental toughness is taking that focus, you know, this is where I want to go. And the passion, I really want to get there. But the trail's been blocked. Or there's a mudslide on the way up to the summit. Or there's a hailstorm or lightning or, you know, I've got hypothermia or, you know, I'm running out of oxygen or whatever it is to be able to continue to perform in the midst of that because, you know, you were prepared. I grew up a Boy Scout and I remember their their motto is be prepared. Probably one of the great lessons I ever learned. I'm going to talk a little bit about being a pilot, too. And that, you know, the great lesson I got there was, you know, being prepared for for the emergencies. And we're going to talk about that. Hey, David, I've got to interrupt you for a second because... This part of your talk was something that stuck with me for over 15 years. In other words, the first time I heard you give a talk, I think it was 45 minutes or so, and you shared a lot of these principles. Here again, this was almost 17 years ago. And from that talk, something that stuck with me was the volitional continuum. And that was so impactful that I want to make sure we don't, we don't miss that. And it, it kind of fits in here, doesn't it? Oh, it is. This is perfect. So mental toughness is a choice. And I've given you the five choices a few minutes ago. 
Volition is one of my favorite words, spelled V, like in Valentine, O-L-I-T-I-O-N, volition. And the definition of volition is the will to choose. You know, the will to make the choice. Don't let the circumstances make the choice. Don't let others make the choice. Don't let fear make the choice. Simply having a will, a desire, determination to make the choice when things are difficult. And that's, you know, one of the huge separating factors of the people that are able to rise to the occasion with their thought process in the midst of that 20 minutes before the trophy celebration, the defining moments of our performance life. So volition has a spectrum, all right? It has a spectrum. It has a, it has a choice range. And the, the first choice that we can have in a performance setting is, I won't. <laughs> I'm not walking into that setting, or I won't. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to perform. You know, it's, it's, a, it's basically a choice to quit. The second choice in the spectrum we move over a little bit is, I can't. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm going to leave. It's just like I, I just feel inside with my experience and who I am right now, I'm making the decision, I, I can't do this. You know, I, I can't move forward in this. The next choice we might say is, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to make this choice. I'd like to have specific, tangible, self-referenced um, difficult goals. I'd like to have passion with all the information we've talked about. I'd love to choose these mental toughness choices, but I'd like to. And it's kind of like, you know, it's a desire, but I'm not acting on it. And then we move to probably our favorite, and it's I'll try. I'll, I'll try. Uh, I don't remember the old the old movie uh, Star Wars in the very beginning, Yoda. Luke Skywalker was saying, uh, I'll try, I'll try. And Yoda said, try, do not try. Do or do not. <laughs> but do not try. And then the reason is that trying gives us an out. Trying has a, yeah. has a lack of complete buy-in. You know, trying is less than 100%. It's sort of a lackadaisical effort. In this series we're talking about, there's no try with these things and go, oh, that kind of work. Let's do it. It's a commitment. And there's 14 of these ideas that we're discussing that you make a commitment to 14 of these, which all of the research and the great elite performers point to. <laughs> I'll try. We'll never get it done there. And yet that's where most of us live. Oh, most of us live right there. Absolutely. Then we move over to the bumper sticker. I can. I can do that. I have an I can attitude. And, you know, there's been books written about I can. But the issue with I can is it's one step short. And the reason I think people leave it there is because it's not a complete give it everything I got. It's a step short. And so um, I can especially is one that fits with the risk averse, the perfectionist. You know, they, they're controlled, they're buttoned down, and, you know, I can do that. But, if, but it's, it's lacking a step. And that final step is I will. I will. It's, it's an absolute commitment inside your mind and your your spirit that says, I will do this. I will make this choice. It, it's laying it all on the line. And if I fail, I have no excuse, which is fine. Edison did, what, 8,000 times. It just means, okay, I need to improve in an area, get better here, but I know where I am. And I'm willing because my identity isn't completely measured by the score that I just had, which is the reason people kind of hang out at I can. Yeah, you know, I could have, but I, I, 
I still had a little left inside of me. I know, you know, I didn't take the risk all the way. I didn't go all the way. The I will is just laying it out there. And so the spectrum that goes from I won't, I can't, I'd like to, I'll try, I can, I will. The information we're about to share on mental toughness, you've got to have an I will attitude in each of these and make a choice. I will do this. And as we've talked throughout the series, I will have a focus that's measured like this. I will have a passion that's supported by this. And now mental toughness, I will make these five choices in every situation. And you know what? That's when you go into the 20 minutes before the trophy celebration world, metaphorically, whatever that means, with confidence. And that's when your performance rises to the occasion when it matters the most. When it rises to exceptionalism as opposed to just good performance. Absolutely. So our focus and our plan is set. You know, we have fueled our passion. But if we stop before we get to this this continuum of uh, volitional choice and we make any of those choices that fall below, I can, you know, we're, we're going to falter and, and struggle. We'll get taken out of the game by the circumstances. We'll get taken out of the game, yeah. Doug? You know, it's interesting. A dear friend of mine, Dr. Burt Chandler, down at the uh, Tallahassee where I teach at FSU, is doing some very interesting research on the term resiliency, which I think is a very good synonym for mental toughness. Because what they're finding is that whether it's the military and they're looking at what the military does, the Navy SEALs, et cetera, resiliency has enormous implications to folks that recover from surgery, those kind of things. In the entrepreneurial world, in the business world, it might be the difference between uh, a company. Ma- well, I think it is the difference between yeah. a company making it. You can have all, you can have the passion. So I'll, I'll tell you a very interesting story. This is public information that I'm sharing with you. Obviously, there's some things I can't share behind the scenes, but I was on the board of Icon Aircraft. We've referred to it some of our earlier talks. And uh, I was on that board, and we were at a very, very hugely important inflection point in the capital markets raising enormous amounts of capital, kicking off the production of the airplane. And I get a phone call from the CEO, uh, Kurt uh, Hawkins, that two of our executives had just been killed in the plane. So here we are, uh, the safest plane ever produced, without a doubt, uh, but you can still kill yourself. And uh, our uh, chief test pilot and uh, brand new head of engineering uh, were killed in an accident. And you can read about it publicly as to, to the details of that. Now, what's interesting about that is I think Kurt, and I give him credit for this, first of all, he acknowledged the reality. Okay, there was no, you know, you can't rah-rah yourself through, we're talking about mental toughness. You, you can't fake that. So the first thing was he acknowledged the reality of it and started working on a solution. Okay, to deal with it, there was no time for grieving. In other words, it it wasn't won't, and then let's take a little time to move to can't. I'm going through David, your thing, and then well, we'd like to, and then we got to try, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't even we can. It was we have to, mm-hmm. we have to, and in that in that sense too, I think purpose is what drives resiliency. If there wasn't a passion and a purpose around getting that airplane out to the world, 
then I'm not sure he could have pulled that group together. But he did, and you can go out and buy one of those planes. I, uh, As a small shareholder, I encourage you to do that, <laughs> listening office. It's a great deal. But, you know, I think that, that we all have examples of that. Concepts that, uh, that David's got here are remarkably interesting and need to be thought about strategically by the leaders of entrepreneurial companies. David, tell us a little bit about first key choice of mental toughness, and that is embracing the pressure. So embracing the pressure is the first choice. And like we said, it's a volitional choice. It's an I will choice. We will perform in situations of interference and great pressure. And it's, it's the great ones. It's the elite ones, the exceptional ones that are able to perform and rise to the occasion in these situations. So this idea of embracing the pressure really is our first point is that Pressure's our greatest competitive ally. It's not something to run from. It's actually something to run to. And I'll use this illustration as an example. If I want to hold the trophy, I'm going to go through the 20 minutes before the trophy celebration someday. I will walk through that. I'll, I'll either get to the other side and say, I wish I'd have thought differently so I could have held the trophy. And that's a sad thing because we don't always get these opportunities again. Or I'm going to go through it saying, I was prepared and I thought in a certain way and it, this stuff works. So I had a, uh, one of the pole vaulters back when I was at the University of Kansas, different than one I talked about earlier. He's probably the greatest maybe athlete I ever worked with, Scott Huffman, an amazing young man. He had jumped 15 times over 18 feet in college. He had graduated and is now moving towards the Olympics, which was going to be his swan song, his final opportunity to display his gift. And then he would be moving on because he would be you know, sort of aging out as a competitor. And so he had two years before the Olympics, and we had breakfast one day, and he said, man, I'm feeling so much pressure about this event that's coming up. Can you help me not feel the pressure? And I said, well, describe the event. He says, well, the National Outdoor Championship, and I've been in these national championships, indoors, outdoors, and Olympic trials and things, 15 times. And never, I never finished in the top 10, and I've no-hided, like not even made the opening height in six of them. And it's just sort of my nemesis meet, and I, I feel extra pressure here. And so I didn't, I asked him again to reframe where he wanted to go. He said, well, I want to be an Olympian. So that's kind of like the trophy, you know, he wants to hold. And then I wanted to move into this thing. I call the 20 minutes before the trophy celebration for him. I said, so what about that meet in front of the Olympics? What's that called? It's the Olympic trials. Once every four years on a track, you don't get to choose and weather conditions, you don't get to choose and physical conditions. You don't have control over against competition. You don't have any control over that day. At that moment, you jump well, or it's four more years. There's really no more pressurized event than the, the Olympic trials because it's a four-year occurrence. And so I said, Scott, is there going to be pressure there? He said, yes. I said, so what we really want to be able to do is be prepared for that. And so as I look at it, pressure is your ally. And you're telling me you feel a lot of pressure about this event that's coming up. So let's change it. Let's reframe it. Let's look at this as a gift rather than something that's full of pressure. And I'm saying let's look at it as a gift because if you can go there and jump well, you've increased your ability a few rungs of the ladder to be able to go to the most pressurized event that you'll have called the Olympic trials. And then if you get through that, then there's one more level where they say 4 billion people will be watching. That's another level of pressure. So, so to prepare for those two events that are in front of you two years out there, we've got to find places for you to put your foot on the line. And I gave him this quote. It was an obscure quote I got out of a magazine many, many years ago. 
And um, it was by a PGA Tour rookie, oldest PGA rookie of all time was the name of the title. Guy, 43 years old, walks out of the pro shop and qualifies for the PGA Tour. And so they basically said, how did you do that? Against all the young people, you had to qualify, you know, one of 25 out of 3,000 people that qualified. How did you do that? And he said, well, I'll tell you what my deal is, sort of. He says, I like to put myself in position where I feel like I'm choking my guts out to see how good I can be. He said, you see other people run from that all the time. My whole purpose is to put my foot on the line to feel the heat because the place where I'm heading is a place of fire. Wow. What a quote. What, what an amazing quote. I said, Scott, do you think like that? He says, no. I said, well, your competitors might be. This is the concept of having when you go into pressure. So he takes off to the meat. It flipped the switch from, you know, fearing the meat to it's a gift. And he misses the first two attempts for whatever reason. That's a low height in the meat. And he's sitting there with the pole in his hands, kind of shaking. He's upset, thinking I might know height again. Here I am in this meat. He says, I don't remember that, <laughs> who, the, who the quote came from, but I remember the quote. I like to put myself in position where I feel like I'm choking my guts out to see how good I can be. He said, I said to myself, if this is true, I'm about to jump 19 feet, even though it was a 16-something vault. And he said, embrace the pressure, embrace the pressure. He said, I went down with a new attitude the first time in my life, put that pole in there, and I cleared the bar. And he said, when I got out of the pit, I knew that was probably one of the greatest vaults of my life. Not the highest, but one of the greatest because I made a change. I, I changed the way I thought about it. And he went on that night, didn't miss another attempt, and won the National Outdoor Championship. Amazing switch to him bracing the pressure instead of pushing it away. One year later, one week before the National Outdoor Championship, now we're a year away from the Olympics. We're having breakfast before he takes off for the meet. He says, I'm embracing the pressure. The best year of my life, ranked number one this year, going into this meet. And he went out and jumped 19.7 and a quarter, set the American record by that decade. It was so amazing. And now he's off and running, you know, towards the Olympics, but he gets injured in October so bad. You know, he pulls the muscle so bad in his groin that he splinters his pelvic bone, which is a horrible injury for an athlete. And he's out for months, misses most of the indoor season. Now we're into the Olympic year, and now the Olympic trials are coming along, and he's not completely back to himself and hadn't been able to compete like he wanted all year. And you could easily say, why me, why now? But again, he just he has the attitude at this point, you know, to embrace the pressure, whatever happens. The day of the you know Olympic trials, his bus breaks down and – He's an hour late. They're staging the buses for the athletes. It's not his fault. He gets there an hour late, and he only gets a few run-throughs, and they're keeping it on time, and he misses his early two attempts, and, you know, it's over unless he makes another one and a few more, and he just really digs deep, embraces the pressure, and he made that next attempt, and the bar keeps going up, and that day he became an Olympian. It was absolutely stunning, and for those two years, everything changed. Pressure's a gift. I will embrace it, and I'm not afraid of it, and it's what's going to make me great. That, to me, is one of the great turnarounds, you know, that no one's, no one listening has ever heard of that. It's just such a great story, but it's, uh, it's like flipping a switch, a light switch from on to off. It doesn't take long to change your mind from thinking of a lemon to thinking of an orange. It just reminded me that sometimes we need a coach to help us ask the right questions because he didn't come to you and say, you know, I'm feeling some pressure. Can you help me to win? Can you help me to think in the right way to win? He said, can you help me remove this pressure? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just kind of a natural way so to think, but you had to completely reframe 
how we thought about it. Yeah, that's what we have to do. You know, we want to get away from that thing causing pain. So we're looking for a way to get away from it rather than just switching around and go, wait, maybe that's not causing the pain. Maybe my thoughts about it are causing the pain. So let's reframe. Doug, what do you think? In the business world, you don't have to go show up at a track to get put under pressure. The the marketplace, capital markets, and hand them to you. Now, what's interesting about what I'm hearing is if you're the owner-operator, you're the leader of the business, what is pressure? Pressure is the fear of failure, or it is failure. You know, I'm going to fail my employees. You know, you start these businesses, work for yourself. Now you realize all these people. I'm on a board of a a fairly large company, and I was at their picnic, and I remember the CEO this weekend saying, he said, it's not those hundreds of people who are on my shoulder, it's the hundreds of their families that are on my shoulders too. So now what's interesting is in the context of, you know, running down and planning that poll, it's making decisions, right decisions at the right time. If anybody out there listening, you know what we're talking about when we say, if you're running a business, there's times you are tired of dealing with hard decisions. And the minute you get to the point where you don't want to deal with the pressure, back to your point, of those decisions, you stall the organization. The context, as I'm learning, is pressure is your uh, bailiwick. Get used to making decisions under pressure and make the decisions. You're never, ever going to know if you made the right one completely make it, own it. The organization needs you to make that. When you stop wanting to face that pressure, you can't lead the organization anymore. And I think there's a a parallel in that context. I remember one particular situation. I'm really not going to probably at this point give you the details. I had a business meeting on the next day that was just really critical. I mean, it was even critical to, to me personally and to my career. And I remember being in the fetal position the night before, just feeling the pressure and just wanting the pressure to go away. And of course, I got through it and it turned out to be something that made me a better person than I would have ever been if I hadn't gone through that. Isn't that amazing? You know, our folks out there, they need to be committed to exceptionalism and they are committed to that highest level of volition you know, I will do this. They need to be ready to put themselves in the fire and embrace that pressure. Join us next time as we look further into this topic. And if you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share. And thanks for joining us. And we look forward to talking with you next time.